0: The G.A. Hour is sponsored
1: by Paddy Power, home of the G.A. Hour Football Acre. I'm not finished yet, it took me a long time to get
0: here. Both players have have spoken with each other and uh, and they regret what happened, they've had a frank discussion with each other and both of them are keen to, now focus
2: on
3: getting back to their county jerseys
1: But these fellas will get such a shit shot next Saturday evening that we'll put them back in their
2: asses for 10 years Alright we're going to start with the Donegal County Final because Brendan Devaney is on the line Conan here is here in studio and look I'm not going to hold my hands up and say I was wrong about Glenties. I stand over my opinion on Glentys I respect them for what they do they've won the county final I wouldn't have given them a chance against Guido. They don't play an attractive brand of football, but they get the job done. Um, Davy, and I, I, I suppose is that how you would su- you would sum up Glentys?
4: Yeah, I, I guess well, you know, remarkable story. You know, coming into the game, losing back to back finals, massive pressure on them. Then over coming in as Ulster champions, first Donegal team to do that since 1975, almost unheard of. He's beaten Kalkiari, who actually fancied that they were the, 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 the favourites going in the semi-final game. So everything was set up for Gidorah to go back in and defend their crown. But Neil Connolly had other ideas. And I've been in a dressing room with the last back-to-back finals and been in the third final. And I remember the absolute pressure coming on. But as you're saying, Gidorah sprinkle a but bit of stardust. You know, they, they, they play a sum they're given. Many ways to Neil Connolly. they don't go that rigidly defence. leave two up like loads of teams are doing now. But when yeah. they break, they break with pace. And you just thought over the course of the game that Guido, what they've been very good at, has been getting goals. And if you look across the three games, somehow, unbelievably, Guido didn't get a goal in any of the three games. And that was probably the platform for it. But you'd have to say, sticking to what they do, and this morning, well, me and you the same quote here, just looking at the tactics of that game, it's such a, a, a robotic kind of system of everybody just playing the same way. The ball never gets kicked, never gets kicked. It's all but recycling, yeah. trying to get into a zone where you get it for you. Someone comes in the back of a ball. It's never kicked inside. There's no old kind of platform inside. But listen, that's what they do. and That's what they stuck to. And particularly for them now, they just had to get across the line. And since they first won the first title back in 2005, I would say this is right up there with the importance of it. Because these players, after what they've put in the last three years, you know, And across the three-game saga, and of course, right to the end of the match, one point. Well, in it, how these teams play, they have kind of quite happy they won by a point, And this is what happens. When teams that get in, even if they do get in lead, they don't go for the other team. They automatically sit back. So there's never anything too much in it. I went out to three points a couple of times, and they're not. But Gidorah you know, or any corner would sit back and allow the other team to come back in there. But you'd have to say, in terms of coming up with adversity and and. Putting everything in it in the last few years, you can't take it away from them, you know. And hats off them, I'm sure they, they had a great night last night. And they've only got a couple of days now yeah, before an Ulster uh, club game.
2: Yeah, I'd say that's written off. Yeah, I'd say they had a great night last night. There was a few of them tweeted me and made sure I re- I was reminded about calling them a terrible team. I didn't remember calling them a terrible team. I said, that they ought to have said limited. Now I could have said terrible. <laughs> I haven't listened back to the audio. Congratulations, O'Glenties. Fair play to you. Are we all agreed? The winning point was a winning point. I saw the footage mm. of a con, and I'll go to you. Um, first on this one if you freeze it on the post it looks a bit blurred like it went behind but when you watch it in real time
3: it does pass the post on the inside and I suppose where it bounces and all it, it was a point yeah like the footage isn't good enough to pause it and then see yeah. it's it's too blurry but if you look at the keeper like he's actually standing with his back to the post looking up so he's looking at the ball Going over the bar And then he just turns Runs and grabs another ball Because suddenly they're a point down With two minutes to go Yeah so I think that says it all really Isn't doesn't? it mad though the, the angle of the camera That it was still Even a debate <laughs> about it It was the perfect angle But the way
2: that point It didn't tail off It just snuck in on the inside Like there's yeah. actually A debate around Whether it was a point or not I
3: mean the umpire Has to be looked at there I mean it was only about Eight foot over the bar It wasn't like it was Way over the post or anything yeah. Like you know So it went right inside the post Well it looked like It went inside the post anyway So he needs to be on it A little bit more There. <laughs> <laughs> what about the sendings off, uh, Brendan? We obviously didn't see this.
2: Eamon McGee got into a row was it going in off the field at half time?
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. He kept doing weight, It was striking and both ends off were well, there was no complaints from the players, so it tells you a lot about it. And you know what was happening in the game as well, would not to be there there's a lot of sledging on, you know, and too yeah. and both teams were really gonna have it terribly. and I felt you know we all know playing from years, going back there you'd always get an odd touch if you kicked away or whatever. But it's got this thing that's creeped in the game. Where it's consistent kick. Like, i I seen players being at players nearly for the full match. You know, I really think it's it's a bit of a disaster in the game. If you can't go out and try and take the guy on in, in the skills of the game, sure enough, have a word all time and you can give him a touch. I don't mind that side of the game. But this consistent thing, it just—it must just drive people in it. And I know going off the pitch, the two boys were having words. And obviously, Eamon, he's maybe done that both of himself, and this time just must have snapped and and threw a dig at him, and it was enough to get the right
2: card. Yeah, it's unusual, Eamon McGee, because it, it kind of strikes me at this stage of his career, Conan, that he doesn't rise to that. He's seen it all. He's been there. He's done the sledging. Do you yeah. know what I mean? That because I think he got a he got hit in the first game that was on T. G. Cahir, and he made no big deal about it. Do you know what I mean? He got a bit of trash talking, and he's just like Brookway. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm I've been there. I, I don't need to get involved in that stuff anymore.
3: I remember after the car game uh, calling him like very clean which I thought Geez, that's a weird adjective that I'm using for like this hardy fullback down through the years but um, yeah his, his new position over the last few years has just been him sort of in this nice role where everything he's doing is just controlled and yeah it looks like he always has his head on and I'd, like it has to be something really bad for him to react like that at half time as well you know not in the middle of the game not after hitting a wide coming off and trying to get a briefing yeah
2: because there was a thing about his misses being on the pitch and there was an you know kind of I don't was there something going on with that the last game and he just kind of separated it it was no big deal you know that kind of mm. thing so which is a weird weird one David the, the, the game was delayed the throw in was delayed by 10 minutes um, due to crowd congestion and I'm not going to lie here I know this game like this whole saga has taken a life on its own and I'm sure there's huge interest in Donegal but I was surprised that that many people wanted to watch a match that they knew was just going to be an 8-7 <laughs> uh, kind of arm wrestle
4: You see it's, it's strange though, I say with with all this coming in we were talking about this after the first game up here in Donegal you know the actual, you know, interest around it was almost about the whole occasion and the history, and the pressure was on, particularly in Eve Connell. And yeah. both teams are very well supported, and the interest was growing. And even though the scoreline came down to very get seven last night, it didn't even matter. It Didn't even matter. if It was four or three. It was just who was going to get across the line after the two replays and the extra time in it And, that, and yeah. so there was a real interest there. And I guess we probably have to take back what, particularly maybe people like us, kind of want to see in the game. You know, you're not going to see those that side of it, those lovely kick passing or, or, or like a, attack plays where people actually set up a proper forward line. That's not the way it is anymore. So you kind step back and say, right, what's the intriguing? It the matchups, you know, the intensity, the tackling in it. And and every ball then mattered, and that's what it came down to in the end. But the interest was was ramping up and up. And she said, even for a Wednesday night, I, I was surprised, and I, I was glad in a way, Willie, uh, really because um, Trasa was at the house. She had a row with the with the smart TV, trying to get the trying to get the the payment made. She was giving up, so she had a bit of extra time to get it get it logged on or whatever. But. Uh, listen, you know, i seen the good old boys there tweeting last night and putting up images. They went back, and probably the pressure was off them in many ways. They looked like they were having a great time as well because certainly with, with Sunday on the horizon, very difficult for Lee the economy to drop down, to properly enjoy it and get, get back up from that. I would say their attitude last night was, well, we may as well enjoy it because what comes Sunday we'll do with it go and go and
2: celebrate and enjoy the victory yeah the Guidor boys enjoy themselves no matter what anyways <laughs> we know that they'll be in Chuck Mickey's today I'm sure and like I mean I'd say Nave Connell Glentys will just write off that match Saturday affect that like I mean if you can't enjoy a county title and I don't think their aspirations necessarily after the last few years are Ulster titles they wanted to win Donegal and they should just celebrate that and Go to the match, try to win it, but don't look back after losing Saturday going, geez, we should have had a couple of good nights. Mm. Uh, Maybe that. It was interesting to me that the final score last night was 8 7, 15 scores. Kicked in the entire game by fifteen players plus subs that came on. In nineteen ninety nine, you kicked fourteen on your own for St. <laughs> Unans And the reason yeah. I re- the reason I remember that stat is because you've told me a thousand times.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Come on, yes, in the good old days. eh Willie, well, yeah, I tell you, I don't blanket the fence in. Hey, um, uh, it's, it's great to look back and reminisce. I think the way things are playing currently, uh, Willie, yeah, that record might stand for a wee while. But yeah, <laughs> we never hope that it might change as well. But Ah, uh, listen, it's some days you get, you, you get lucky there. Kid. There was no, there's no Colin Parkinson sweeping in front of me, you
2: know. <laughs> but the thing about, I suppose Glenties are the one, like, they've overachieved for the size of them. And we know that Jim Gaines turned them around the same way as he turned Donegal around. But the legacy of that is that defensive play. And, like, are Glenties playing that style of football at all levels? And I suppose the question is, if Donegal club football eventually changes and evolves a bit like the intercounty game is evolving will glenty's players be a little bit left behind with the skills of the game if the football they know is almost 90 percent through the hands and recycling and a hand-passing game
4: yeah and on, the, big, the biggest thing is just not these con any team that's playing this yeah. t- type of tactic i think over time if you get to a county final i know if your team hasn't won it before like they were in 2005 and you come up with a new tactic and you win it. I think then over time you've got to start to evolve a wee bit, to change. The fact that you are champions, to play with a wee bit of more swagger and they open up. And I think the fact now in Donegal is coming through the county team, the teams playing blanket defence. Because when you think of it, basically every team leaves. A lot of teams are leaving one or two up, or maybe none up at times, and pulling everybody back. And what that happens is if you take your, your, you say your centre half back, your full back, there's so much cover in there. He doesn't have to run a ball and, and can burst and out of it and have a six-yard pass to a forward line. There might be nobody in the forward line. So I think when you get to county level, you have to do things that. You have to be the player that steps up and has all those skills in his locker. And while you're playing in that protective zone of having 10 or 12 players around you all the time and that easy hand pass off, the responsibility of you to go and play as a player and to evolve and get better, it's non-existent. So what happens is you have a lot of the same players playing and you just can't see, and I'm looking at the two teams last night, and I know uh, Gidorah, this, as I say, sprinkling of this team that won Ulster under-21 at an absolute canter. They've come in, they've, and they've got all the skills, but again, really, if they keep playing their blanket defence and if they keep dropping their better players back and playing as a as a semi-half-back, more than a half-forward, then those players won't evolve as well. And I think if you look at Donny now, Declan Bullers looking around the club championship, I haven't seen many players, I'm thinking to myself, yeah he's worth a goal, you know, and that's because of the tactics that's been played, and it's, it's affecting teams then, to say, for, for the likes of have have they'll not care, they needed that title, but but I certainly think, I can understand that teams not looking to evolve, because it's just, for your, for your players who are, like your old style number 11s or even your players on side if the ball's not coming on or if they're not being told to kick it then they don't become the player that they should become
2: yeah no exactly but mm. well, anyway congratulations to Glentys or Nave Connell are they called Glentys or Nave Connell I always just called him Glentys you've, you've called you, him Fentown, Fentown's,
4: Fentown's <laughs> part of the parish. so they, they, Nave Connell's the right way all ah, right. Piece on team players there, so when you say glanties, you're, you're alienating the
2: Dubliners. Uh, ah, you're ruling, ruling us out. Okay, we'll move off to Dublin <laughs> final um or the Donegal final, and want to talk about the player of the year. I Don't want to talk about the all stars. We're going to talk about the hurling all stars in part two with Shane McGrath, and maybe a little bit on the Tipperary county final. But the player of the year, I wanted to touch on, lads, because it's between Con Callahan, Jack McCaffrey, and Stephen Cluxton, and I think Cluxton is probably a banker for this one, Con, because. It's the Ryan Giggs effect. It's the longevity. It's the sentimentality. It's the fact he's been overlooked. I'm not saying he didn't have a good year. He had an excellent year. Mm. Um, and we know he's a leader. I think the fact that, I won't say he was screwed over both years, but he was screwed over not to get one of the two years, you know, and I think that might play into the players voting for it. I think Khan probably deserves it. Mm. Um,
3: but I think Cluxton will probably get it. Yeah, I, I think Khan should get it as well, as much as, like, yeah, I'd be happy to see Cluxon get, and and part of it would be the fact that he hasn't gotten an All-Star since 2013, you know, it's like... It's funny the way we call him Con, like we know him, isn't it? Big Con. (laughs) Con. (laughs) Big C, but, um, like, if you look back through his year. You know the way we're always talking about, even the way you're talking about Brendan Davenny kicking 14 points? And Conor Calhoun's like this player who we thought we'd never see again. Like everything he's doing is just made for a highlights reel that we'll look back on in 20 years' time and be yeah. like, Jesus, he's taking boys on all the time. Even when he's not scoring, he's like high feeling and popping it off. Like it's the skill the, level's of dummies. To the point that
2: I don't know if you listened to Bernard Brogan in here yesterday, that Bernard Brogan said to me that in training he taught to
3: himself, I'm going to start doing what He does. <laughs> yeah. This is Bernard Brogan. <laughs> yeah. And like ever since Con ate Bernard Brogan, like, you know, he's been a whole different animal as well. Like, you know, he's got the conditioning. He's just like, he's doing so many audacious things too. Because we always consider Dublin to be like, you know, very risk-free. And, like, they, they shoot from the the shooting zones. But well, he
2: still does that now. He
3: does, but he's pinging, like, you know, goals in from 20 yards just because it's, it's so easy for him. Like, he's just drilling in the top corner, rolling into the bottom corner, and it's just... He's just a perfect footballer, and I think he does deserve it, but I I wouldn't be upset if Cluxton got it, to be honest.
2: Yeah, look, I wouldn't really mind between the three of them. Who got it? We love Jack McCaffrey. Like, I, I would always make an argument for him, but I think it is between Cluxton and uh Conn. A bit like when Donegal won the All-Ireland in 2012, Lacey won it, uh, the V, even though maybe Colin McFadden was the best player that year I think if you go through every game
4: Yeah, yeah, I totally agree uh, well, yeah, Obviously Lacey, just in the years previous, he was he was Donegal's, you know, right up there, I think the weight of the previous years just pushed Lacey across the line, because you'd have to say as a one best player for, for Donegal right that year, you'd have to say McFadden was the difference, uh, he was the, the best player in the country that year but that's the weight of it. Listen, I would definitely go with Kilkson too. And I think the ingredients there of this this absolute uh, dominance Dublin have shown have, have a couple of ingredients. Obviously, Jim Gavin and Kilkson I, I right at the heart of it. I mean, you talk about Jack McCabe. Jack McCabe taking a year off, head away. Dublin won. You know, Conor Kellen very quiet in the first game in all that. And, you know, he, he, he's he got... The Dublin set up so much play for him. Like, And they're so good at what they do. And, and then he can be the fine point at the end of it. But I think consistency... And and the weight of what's happening, who is the main man that has to be there and do, do your thing every day, day in, day out. as Clogston and I think 100%, I would give it to Clogston.
2: Yeah, I think he's going to win this. So the Dublin County Final is on this weekend. Thomas Davis are completely unknown surprise which is a great story um, Conan they're playing Ballyboden now Ballyboden are strong favourites but um, Thomas Davis won three in a row 89 90 91. they haven't been back anywhere near it uh, since I think they won two Leinsters in that time as well so like I mean it was crazy stuff Paul Curran is one of their ex-players but Conor McKeon was tweeting after the beat Kilmacoad Croaks in the semi-final and they were in, he said they were in huge debt until they sold land for 4 million in 2017 the same year They were on the verge of taking the Dublin County Board to the DRA over the plans to split the Dublin Championship into two tiers. We all remember that happening because I remember laughing at them at the time cop on, concentrate on getting back there. That's what they did they went down, they lost their appeal They sound like a few inter-county teams at the moment whinging about a B championship. They ended up going back to the B championship, winning it. That momentum, and you often see it with intermediate teams in your county, that they win the intermediate and they play above themselves the following year at senior because that confidence gets them through. Then the year after, they could go back down. Do you know what I mean? Mm. It gives them that kind of boost. But then he was, he was also saying, Conor was saying that a couple of years ago, their best player, Paul Hudson, who we'll, all rem- who we'll remember being on the Dublin panel, um, he went to America. Now they're in their first final since 1991. They, this is the interesting thing, especially about a Dublin team. They have no outside manager and no players brought in either. The full panel is homegrown. That's unbelievable. That really is. When you look at St. Jude's and you look at all the players they brought in, I'm not criticising it. Mm. Like, I mean, whether they're genuine transfers, you look at uh, Parnell's when I was there, what they did. You look at a lot of clubs. There's very few clubs in Dublin without transfers. The 95% of them are genuine that move into the area and, and you wouldn't argue with them. They don't have any. It, this is unheard of, Conan, for Thomas Davis to do what they're after doing.
3: It really is. And like, and it's not a criticism; it's actually a compliment. Of them, I'd say clubs up and down the country were probably like on their WhatsApp groups that night when they be Kilmaikod saying, "Lads, if we get our act together, this is what we can do." Because I like I look at Thomas Davis; I've like, played them over the last two years, and they're a good outfit. But you know, we've played Chemical Crooks, and we've played Bally Bowden and Vincent's, and they're like a cut above. Like what well, I've experienced that yeah. anyway. And and Thomas Davis are just this working, like animal team, but like you know, nothing you wouldn't have thought anything special. But like th- what they're doing and you look at a lot of the scores again. are it's just running it's just pure running past people and then when they want to they put a high ball in and then they just work so hard but every they put their bodies them, on the line yeah, don't they? yeah and their bodies are all conditioned to the extreme like you know every one of them are, are beasts like you know you look at the two midfielders are just powerhouses so it, it probably is a great sort of model for people to look at and think we're not that far behind if we just put in the
2: work yeah put in the work and stop crying about it and to get up to the level that you deserve what do you think of this tier 2 Brendan we've talked a lot about it in the last couple of weeks uh, some counties crying and complaining about it a bit like Thomas Davis did and you know the the answer on this show is to, here just get out of the tier 2 and you'll be playing for Sam the following year yeah I'm, I'm almost afraid
4: because Brain going to pop up now and shout at me <laughs> he seems to be the man for the sound right there and on, the, on the LT tier 2 but yeah, well, listen, I don't understand what, what the problem is here. I mean, nothing is ever going to be perfect. We know that. We know there's there's huge imbalances in the G.A., but something has to give, and they're still playing in the provincials. Here's the thing. You're in the provincials, so if you really think that you shouldn't be in tier two, then go ahead and have a run for your provincials. What's to stop you? Yeah. This is the same when you get beat, listen, there's another competition for you, and, Quite often when I look at the back door there, I love when it's three and four teams or or or, or three and two, for example, Someone in there that I think that's that's a matchup. I'm I'm interested in the game because I know it's not going to be an obliteration and there's a romance going from 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 going down to the GAA. You know, if you like it, I know Lees are up to two this year, but you, you're involved in these recent memory West Meath, you know, one in Leinster's, you know, from Annerley and down have all been in all the finals in, in recent times. You take Sligo and Connacht, like, Teams have done it, they've, they've got up there, but what happened is now, as each year goes on, the more the imbalance happens, the more teams are getting hammered out the door, not playing at their level, and exactly that. you know, that's, that's, and People keep throwing out the Howland hurling statistics. Howland's nothing to do with football. And, and if it was, if you take the likes of Fermanagh and Ulster a couple of years ago, they, they made it to the Ulster final, that wouldn't happen in the Leinster, Munster, Holland, a team like that. You can't do that. So football teams can jump up and have more ability to to reach up the levels and hurling teams are hurling tends to be very much about the top teams are on another level football teams can mix it if they put together properly if they get on a run so it's all about this 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 thing about getting behind it and everybody's weary about it and I know John um, John Horn, the president said that he got a message from Declan Bennett of RTE saying he was confident there would be coverage <laughs> 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 to be honest that didn't fill me with confidence but I think, you know, if you look at the way, if we pushed it here too, you know, even a semi-finalist, there should be a pool there of, of a holiday, there should be incentives and all that, and people say, Wait, do you need to incentivize. Listen, it's all part of the same thing, really, that you can come back to your, your girl or whatever and say, listen, we're going on a holiday, wife, or away for. there's something there in the background that kind of the GA saying there's a massive money here in the background, the GA, let's try and spread it out a wee bit, and at least... You know, have carrots there for people because there's so, so much being put into it and, and when the final has been played there's a huge aspect of that as well and if I was if I was a team that was in three or four really, I would love a competition like this that, yeah, that it could actually too. go and win you know it's a chance for you to go and win and play in a big match and, and have something at the end of it. I can't understand why all the negativity is around it something has to be tried
2: in the least, this is a starting point. Yeah, I, uh, it's, it's funny you mentioned the uh, girlfriends and wives and stuff. And Bernard Brogan, uh, heard recently saying that Jim Gavin tells the Dublin uh, squad, don't be talking about sacrifices. We're doing what we love. It's your family that makes the sacrifices for you. And it's a perfect, he's exactly mm. right. Because mm. a lot of, you hear a lot of players, and I often whinge about it, is the sacrifices they put in. You're doing that for something you love.
3: You know, it's mm. all people around you that are making the sacrifices but not being able to do anything. Yeah, don't want to throw a grenade in, but I'm not really in alignment with the two of you. But like, I don't think that the Thomas Davis example is, is that relevant for, for County because I think clubs need tiers more because you have players who can't run straight, never mind kick straight at club level. Playing with people who are international level athletes, you know, so you need tiers and you have clubs who can't even feel 15. Do you know, whereas County should be Round up all your best yeah, players, inter- we'll train them. i have
2: played intermediate level in, Port, in Leash now, and the clubs in that would go on weekend holidays, they would
3: take it incredibly seriously. Oh yeah, you but know? but then people who don't want to they, they play junior then, they don't want to do that, and then in Dublin you can play junior E if you don't, you know, if you want yeah. to just kick it around but with your friends.
2: O- we've only, that's four tiers, as many tiers as you want that club, but we're only talking about two at Intercounty, not like, you know, the eight to allow for what you're talking about at club level. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. not like at the inter-county level you're looking for four, five, six different mm. tiers. You only want two. You only want to separate it half and half. That's a, You know, that's. A, I take your point with, with all the tiers for the really useless players. Mm. But that could be number eight, <laughs> eight tier down at club level. Do you know, I don't think, I would look more like senior and intermediate as a comparison. Do you know what I mean? Rather than... Going down to junior level where lads can't keep yeah. the ball straight.
3: My, my biggest concern is just like if I was a... Imagine I was playing for a junior club in Limerick, but I was class. But now it's like we have to play the B championship in football and it's like you don't get to show off. Because like, Limerick probably won't go on and win the B championship, say, but now they don't get to play against the best and you don't get to show that you are... The top footballer in the country.
2: Yeah, but do they get to show it, anyways? Like they could be beaten, feckin'
3: Well, like the like of say Brendan Murphy playing against Dublin, and then everyone like you know, he gets get Sunday game package in, and everyone says, yeah, he is class look, he's doing it against Brian Fenton, or the like of Quigley, you know, having that back and forth at Cluxton. But do you think it's out of out of the question for Carlo to get into Division Two or to get to a Leinster final? Not Carlo. I think there's some teams like TR, but I, I think the hurling argument that people are making—I don't know exactly how I feel about it, but. It's like, you know, because Brendan's saying there that it's harder for those teams. Like you couldn't get a Fermanagh, say, in hurling going and just suddenly getting to a Leinster final. But that's probably the worry for people. It's like, well, the apathy is so much now in those counties that people don't care that much about playing hurling for Fermanagh.
2: Yeah. And will that happen in the football? I, I don't think we should be developing a structure and a system to suit a good player on a weaker county. You know what I mean? I don't mm. think we should have to watch hammerings every year just so that a good player in Division 4 gets a chance to, you know, that's not, yeah. that's like developing a system just to
3: suit three or four weeks teams. But that I, isn't, it isn't right. Yeah, like I don't want to watch hammerings every year either. I, like, again, you keep coming back to restructuring and stuff, but I think you could restructure in a sense that all the worst teams right in the first round, and then they can go play a club or whatever they want to do. Then, or they can go into the B competition or something. Yeah. Well, let's not get into. No, the I options. know, but let's like, not get into. Options. It seems very drastic. Yeah. Well, anyways, listen. We know it's
2: imperfect, but it's more the the the, the principle of a tier two mm. that I'm completely not against. You seem to be a little bit against. There are some more changes to the structures, lads, because we know that the All Ireland Club Final is going to be on in January next year. So they're getting closer to the calendar year, which I'm all for. The Sigerson Cup and Fitzgibbon Cup. The third level competitions are going to be finished in January 29th. We'll be glad with this uh, because Kieran Malloy we won't have to start <laughs> whinging about him. So there's no crossover with the the Sigerson and the Fitzgibbon. Fitzgibbon is actually the first week in February, but the hurling league starts the first weekend. So there shouldn't be much less crossover between the Sigerson and Fitzgibbon finals and the league, which, let's be honest, is just completely yeah. ridiculous. And at least that's gone. They're, listen, they're making it changes slowly but surely. We know this is all a load of nonsense because there's a task force set up to completely yeah. radically change the year, and that's coming in next year. But look, I just like to give, it rather than whinge and complain all the time, let's mm. give them a little bit of credit for, for doing this, making that change that we cried about last, for the last two years. And you can't be complaining all the time. Yeah. Is my,
3: my new one, Conan. This, this is going to radically change the GAR as well, because anybody who's listened for the last four years will know <laughs> that we just do the same thing month <laughs> by month. And it goes to Kieran Malloy and then it goes April for clubs and yeah. <laughs> it goes to Provincial I, I,
2: re- I remember saying to you this time last year when we did Kieran Malloy, this is exactly the same as last year <laughs> and then we rolled into
3: April for clubs <laughs> we can't give out the same as we did and now it's like a team here playing three days before their Ulster Championship match now like at club level yeah yeah listen <laughs> just stop us giving out the
2: same bloody giving us the same material every year a stat on Pau Mar here uh, Brendan is wait you get this so he is going to get a third All-Star, uh, or third All-Ireland, and he's going to get a sixth All-Star, which is uh, drawing with Nicky English and Owen Kelly. Here's the stat, which is just absolutely incredible. And this is considering Pau Mar plays hurling, where both broken bones, broken fingers, where, you know, whacks across the leg. You're not just talking about muscle injuries, you're talking about getting hit with a stick. Right? And he, it's not like he's a shrinking violet, he's in the mix. He's getting in there, he's getting stuck in. Since making his championship debut in 2009, Marr has started every one of the 54 championship matches that Tipperary have played. Isn't that phenomenal, Brendan?
4: Unreal. Superhuman. Uh, Well, you know, as I said, you know, different people have different uh, attributes around them and you might have a weakness in your body I know from when I played what well, stopped me yagging the operation and me hitting the sports surgeon kind of, which I should never have got and that I never played after that but people say do you know about all the sport you played and, and, and you know that's what the body takes but if that was the case my knees and ankles there should be problems with them. they're not they're perfect now there's my left hip this was from hitting freeze all the time. So I just had a bit of a weakness and I probably pushed the body too far but everybody seems to have some kind of niggle when you're, yeah. when you're playing and you finish playing or have issues with some part of their body even when they're playing. But this Ironman just seems superhuman. I mean, that just is absolutely phenomenal that someone can keep training and playing and you're, you're right, he's played through having breaks and he's never pulled or strained anything to any degree that has stopped him playing. It's absolutely phenomenal and you just get the nod superhuman
2: be no in it and there's no doubt not that far as Yeah, he says I would say is 80% look and I do think obviously recovery, injury prevention is all very important but you could do all that and still get injured. Like I remember hamstrings were my weakness. Like I mean they were a ruin a uh, ruination of my career. I've missed a Sigerson final and under 21 Leinster final and Leinster senior final all with hamstring injuries and I would put on bicycle shorts, warm up, stretch. I would get a rub before the game. I would go in at half time and I would take off the bicycle shorts. I would get another rub on it. Deep heat, loosen that out, make sure. And I still do my hammering. You know what I mean? Yeah. What more can you do? I, d- I do think it's look because... Um, James Morgan for Cross McGlenn, he's getting back for the Clontibret game this weekend and he says it's been a long se- he was out for Armagh uh, this year he says it's been a long season of injuries for me and I'm ready to put that behind me um, many I- or uh, many injuries but I've decided di- I've had many injuries but this I've decided this is my last one this is my last injury um, I'm ready for a bit of luck maybe I need to go to Mass a bit more you can't say <laughs> I've decided this is my last injury it's just you, I don't <laughs> know I think you're just prone to them or you're not
3: yeah especially now of Maher. Is, is he 30 like you think that you would start picking up a few more niggles along the way, yeah. Like, you, like I think people who are lucky throughout their whole career or they're not injury-prone throughout their career, they still get this stuff then when they get to thirty, and they have to work harder at it. But yeah. Fact Zach, Zach too, he's an example of that. Zach too, he's a freak of nature.
2: He's just an athletic machine, you know, mm. and he's just his the the the, the, the for makeup of his body. He's just the perfect athlete. And he didn't get injured, I and mean, he had this incredible succession of AFL games, which is an incredibly physical game. And he got injured this year. He's into his thirties, yeah. and you know, and maybe he could, you know, continue on for him now.
3: Yeah, like, but it is incredible. Like as you say, he's playing like centre back, like, and he's hitting these shoulders out, and he's only twenty six minutes. Was that the stat going round that he missed? Yeah like he's been taken years? taken
2: off in 3 of the games but th- in those 3 games they were winning well there was you know he was being yeah. minded and he was never taken <laughs> off for bad form or injury or anything didn't like need that. to be
3: minded it sounds
2: like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it is here I have a quick correction here uh, I said last week on the show that Dr Crokes are in the Munster final regardless of what happens um, because there's three area teams in the semi-finals, and as it turns out, if they lose the final, Austin Stacks will be in the Munster club because they won the actual county final back in April. So Kilke- or Kerry kind of crank up the complexity a little bit, a little, <laughs> a little notch. They have their club championship before at early start of the year, and whatever. That's the way. That's the way that works. Last one here, lads, is something we'd no show on Monday, and. Uh, I, I was i have starting to get tagged in these tweets now because I start I was giving out about him on the, on the on the show so this is a tweet from Nemo Rangers 2-4 in a county final but still cleans up the dressing room <laughs> hashtag Luke so this is Luke Connolly now I have to say I'm a big fan of Luke Connolly I've had him on the show he's really sound kind of natural fella to talk to I love watching him because he's unpredictable he can do he can do crazy things on the field so immediately when he gets the ball he's the type of player that makes me stand up and go what's he going to do a bang on outside of the right is he going to he's a huge boom and kick on the ball I don't know if this was a piss take or not. I'm hoping this was a piss take. So there was a video <laughs> of Luke after scoring 3-4 sweeping up the poxy dress room, Connor. Now I'm getting annoyed even though it's on Thursday and I'm still getting annoyed about this. So this is the Cluxton effect. It's the All Blacks effect that we talked about before. Why is Luke Connolly doing that? Has he no uh, self-awareness to know that this surely has got to a stage where it's only a piss stick. One fellow on Twitter replied back to me and says, lads are going to start bringing uh, sweeping brushes in their gear bag <laughs> 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 just, to show, just to show
3: that they're humble. Uh, yeah, yeah, they'll be cleaning up at half time as well. <laughs>
2: <laughs> they might actually go out on the terrace and clean up the terraces of all the... <laughs> just
3: so people see them. You know, if you, like, if you do a good deed and you don't tell anybody about it, did you really do the good deed? Well, you know? that's it. They're... So I
2: don't know, like, I mean, now, uh, uh, Alan Cronin, who plays for Nemo, uh, also replied back to me and he says he had to clean it up after all he missed in the first half so like who videoed it it may be a, a club representative mm. and put it out on Twitter like I'd be this has to be choreographed okay start sweeping I'll start videoing <laughs> you know, it has to be there's no other way of, and then drops it. the brush as soon as the video's over <laughs> <laughs> what do you think Brendan of this new phenomenon I like I was saying here last week I've won six county titles and if someone told me to clean up the dressing room after winning the county title they would be very quickly told where to go and I'm going uptown for a pint
4: <laughs> a load of nonsense, will I listen? How humble do we need to be in this country? You know, it's, uh, you know the players. I think by and large you get not cocky, young guy coming in. You kept that going to you about thirty three. But <laughs> generally, guys, guys are, are dead humble in the GA. You know, you're, you're doing some a good job. They're red up. It's not something I think is required. and We have this thing in Ireland where we're always trying to be. Yeah, so so humble and the good good guy, and I can think of other things to concentrate on around Kane and dressing for Christ's sake.
2: Yeah, no, I completely agree. I'm a bit like, jeez, it's still like it's not looking like it's dying down. But no. let's let the message go out. You're not fooling anybody. Stop doing it. Yeah. That's all we or, can say. Or
3: just do it but don't tell us. Or oh, do it, it but don't video it. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And don't bring a you could get a maybe like the fold up bikes. You could bring a fold up sweeping brush. So make make sure you're ready on point. There could actually be a race to be the first one to do it, to be the most humble. What if three lads wanted to be the humble one? Yeah, the all stars tomorrow are actually giving out <laughs> a humility award. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Okay. We'll we'll let Brendan go there and thanks for that, Brendan. Okay, Shane, no problem, have a good day. Good man. We'll be back with
3: Shane McGrath next. I'd never be allowed to go off in a to have a shite like him and get a schlob
1: or whatever, like I was always doing a bit.
3: I all I remember is I thought I was gonna get clubbed on the way in there. I threw the ball from there, I don't know, it was, it was pure luck no in Pure luck. I uh, had fucking bullshit as you seen yourselves.
2: All right, so the hurling all stars have been announced um, this morning, obviously before the awards um, ceremony. Tip early as usual, the All Ireland champions dominating it. Tip have seven, Kilkenny have three, Wexford have two, Limerick have two, Cork have one. Shane McGrath is on the line to talk to us about this. No huge controversy around this team, Shane. Would that be fair to say? Yeah, I'd
1: agree, will you? I don't think there is. I mean,. You know yourself, Willie, you? every, every year, you're never going to make everyone happy with the All-Stars. And I suppose we can talk about that maybe in a minute or so. I, I think the system for selection is kind of done. And I, I think there should be a new system. I think it should be based on maybe a points kind of system. But I suppose we could talk about that in a minute. But just like who who's hard done by? There's always going to be a few. I mean, Ender Rowland had a super year. Um, like, you know, Brian Hogan had a super year as well as Edwin Murphy. Yeah. Um, I suppose Brian Hogan got to the bigger games, will he? Like, so you know, he was, you know, you know yourself with the All-Stars. You're, if you're getting the semi-finals, the final, yeah. the bigger occasion, the pressure's highest. You deserve if you're performing on those occasions. Your team's getting there. You deserve to get the nod. Thought Liam Ryan from Wexford might be uh, might feel hard done by as well. Um, Match-
0: maybe the Match-
1: selection committee. Yeah, Matt O'Hanlon as well. Like, may- like maybe the committee felt we can't have three matters from tip in the half-back line. Yeah, uh, I don't really know uh, because. I, I personally would probably have Ronan Maher at six, and Power Quality have a great year. He did, but again, look, this this is over and back. I mean, nobody in the All Star team had a bad year. Every one of them had a had a great year in their own way. So everybody's going to have their own team. I thought Liam McGovern was another guy. I know he, he, I don't think he even got nominated, but I thought he put in massive shifts for Wexford throughout the year. And um, I thought Connor McDonald as well. Maybe you know he was fourth top scorer from play, and um, was you know could could have got a look in. And also, I thought Graham Mulcahy, if we're talking about consistency, which the All-Stars are supposed to be, I thought Graham Mulcahy was very consistent for Limerick throughout the year. So. But look, again, we, we'd be here till Christmas talk about uh, what, what your team should be, what my team should be. Yeah. I do argue about anyone there, but I'm sure, I, I, I feel those guys in particular, Woody, will feel maybe they could have got in. Like, you, know?
2: you haven't mentioned Bubbles. Now, Bubbles was on fire in the Munster Championship, didn't play that well in the final uh, wasn't great against Leash, no one from Tipperary was that day, and then came good in the final as well. And fairly sure he played had a very good second half against Wexford. Like is that not enough to get an all star?
1: Yeah, I, I i maybe maybe he lost out, maybe because didn't have a big performance maybe in the quarter final. But yeah, you know Bubbles again, I suppose, is, is someone who who might might feel he deserved because Bubbles has he I suppose he did it. When it mattered most, yeah, especially in the final, you know, getting that goal. Um, I don't, I, I don't, I don't really know. I couldn't put my finger on it. Why, you know, he, I suppose you could feel hard done by. Maybe Jason Ford could feel hard done by. You know, a lot, a lot of hot led could feel hard done by. But do you like who? Like who do you leave out? Then I suppose. Like I mean, uh, Bubbles had a, You know, he had a very, he had a very, very good, very, very strong games in the in the semi final and the final maybe wasn't very good for the whole semi final. Maybe maybe that's why Woolly the Selection Committee, but you know, you're like I mean, you're in that room there in the selection committee, everyone has their own ideas. They're throwing their their ideas at it. Maybe one or two of them went for bubbles, but maybe more of them felt, you know, maybe that Lee Chin deserved it or that Colin Finley for, you know, getting the one three against Limerick in the semi final. Horgan was outstanding with the three ten in in that one game alone. He was he nearly had the all star down. You're not going to yeah. not pick Shamey. Aaron Galan didn't, you know. Aaron Galan scored three fifty throughout
2: the year. Like, yeah. I, mean? I don't know. For me, I don't know. Did Aaron Galan have? I think Aaron Galan was better last year, and he was overlooked. And maybe he got. I don't think by Aaron Galan's yeah. standards, in the in the final finally only got a point out of two twenty six. You know, like uh, it's not. Yeah. This year he was a marked man, and Tipperary were double marking him in either Tipperary game. He wasn't. Uh, he wasn't great. I, d- I don't know. He got three from play against Kilkenny, but again was being very tightly marked that day as well.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. I think Aaron Glen deserved an all-star more last year than this year. Yeah. Um. I I I felt I felt if we're going by consistency in the Limerick forward line, for me, I thought Graham Mulcahy was was brilliant in every match for Limerick. You know, when when, when he was, you know, when he when he really really needed there now, especially against Kilkenny in the semi-final, when the, when nothing was happening for him, Graham Mulcahy stood up and popped over three points from play. So like I thought Graham Mulcahy could have got it more, but you know, this, this for me, Woolie, this is where the the argument or are, are, like is the system dated? In my opinion, it is. Um, in that you have maybe, whatever, 10 or 12 guys on a selection committee, everybody's going to have a little bit to say, or they're going to have someone who they want on the team, and they're kind of putting it all together. I, I personally feel it should be done on a point system. Now, how, okay, how do you explain that? Everyone, okay, so this, this is the way I, this, I've I been thinking about it, right? In the league part of the championship, Munster and Leicester championship, you say the maximum points you could get for a game is six points. So if you had an outstanding game, you might get five or six points. You understand, right. Yeah. yeah. Okay, for a quarterfinal, then if your teams get to a quarterfinal, the max you could get for seven is seven points, maybe, right? So, again, you have a great game. You're talking about getting a six or seven out of seven. You get to a semi final, all semi final, you know, the max score you could get is nine points. And if you're getting to an all the final, the max score you can get is ten points. Now, like, okay, you'll say, oh, what about the Joe McDonoughs? And then, okay, I suppose the Joe McDonough teams, they have their all-stars. And what I feel is whoever wins the Joe McDonough, they're they on the point system as well, and that their points, the winners of the points, but the winners of Joe McDonough, their points could carry over. Like, right. say, like to say, let's say the Rowland or the Paddy Parsons or these guys, that, you know, their points carry over and whatever they get in the quarterfinal is out of seven. And if they have enough points in at the, at the end of the year, you know, they've competed in the Liam McCarthy Championship by winning Joe McDonough. So, let their points carry over. Now, of course, people are going to say, oh, sure, that's ridiculous, but at least it's some form of a solution rather than another problem, which everybody seems to have all the time. We've loads of problems, very few solutions, but... That would be mine to it. I'm sure it's, it has its flaws, but it's it's something like, rather, like that could get could reward a guy for being consistent so you, throughout do, the year. So you,
2: but like I mean, who would pick it then? The journalists would pick it, but they would be given. It would be more transparent. So when they release the team, they would release a list of their weighted performances. Is that what is that what you?
1: Well, you know? yeah, yeah. I, I, I would. I, yeah, exactly. I would still, I would still have the journalists or your selection committee. Right, they're, they're still scoring the guy. You know, the guy is getting still getting a score. Out of you know potentially six for the league part, seven for a quarter final, nine for a semi final, and ten for a final. But at least at the end of the year, you can see okay, who has the most points? Who's been the most consistent in all these games? Yeah. Not not the not, not the person who had one unbelievable game, very quiet se- semi final, okay in the final. Yeah, he deserves an all-star because you know what his team got to the final. Yeah, like well, that. I suppose the whole section, that's that's my opinion on the play. The
2: whole selection committee then would have to wait. They would have to score every player that played that weekend in every round, and then come to a, yeah, a look, solution. Yeah, they're, they're, they're,
1: there you go. There's a flaw. <laughs> there's a flaw straight away, but I'm sure. I'm sure if, if they sat down they could find a way of, of, of scoring a player, like, you know, I mean... Uh,
2: yeah, I'm sure they probably do wait, the... they probably do wait, you know, a performance in an all-earned final over an all, uh, a performance, you know, I, I think maybe... Well, no, that's why Bubbles... I, I think Bubbles, for me, obviously not a hurling pundit. Bubbles, Adrian Mullen can feel hard done by, Matthew hanlon can feel, feel hard done by, but I take your point completely, who do you leave out? And that's, you know, probably the, the one that you know is the most difficult one Camira, I wanted to run this past you so Gerald Loughnan was uh, I think he was riding today in the in the star and he made a good point and I want to get your thoughts on it. He said it's very strange that Tipperary would get seven All-Stars considering their 12-point hammering in the Munster final by, by Limerick. He says now what makes it even more staggering is that five of the seven defensive positions are from Tipperary, even though that was the weak link in their team. They conceded 2.26 to Limerick in the provincial final. They scored 3.20 to Wexford in an Ireland semi-final. So the point he's making, and this is, would be my thoughts on Tipperary, is that Tipperary have lethal forwards? Tipperary will destroy you. When you think of Tipperary, you think of John McGrath, you think of Shamie Callanan you think of Bubbles, and you think of getting hit for fecking five twenty. You don't necessarily think that they're brilliant defenders. Yet they get five of the seven all stars and only Shamie Callanan up front. Yeah, <laughs> it's weird, isn't it?
1: Yeah, look, it's like it's. I say I like I like stats. I like I like stuff. You know, they might win a game, but I like. And they are fair stats, I suppose. It, it does go back to individual performances, maybe, rather than a collective unit, Willie. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, it kind of goes to... Paul Matter was, was was outstanding when needed the most. Brendan was... Like, Brendan is getting the plaudits, maybe, that other players down through the years haven't got for, you know, kind of sacrificing some of his game to be to take out the bigger players, like like what he did to Tony Kelly down in the end. It's what he did to Aaron Galan, even, in the Munster final, kind of holding him, you know. So, I think Tip... Kip just had outstanding individuals in the backs. I mean, the, the type of game that was played allowed them to be fantastic. I mean, look look what Kilkenny did in the all the final. Like, for me, what Kilkenny did in the all the final allowed Kyle Barrett to get an All-Star because they just lumped ball, lumped ball down on top of him and down on top of Ronan Maher. And they had outstanding games. And when you're picking the All-Stars, it's, you know, who was outstanding most recently? Yeah, it was Ronan Maher, it was Kyle Barrett. And, and you know, rightly so, but... It was kind of the individual performance, maybe rather than the whole collective unit, that maybe it, that that's why they're getting them. Noel, Noel, I thought Noel was out like was outstanding, very hard, very hard done by not to be nominated for her year, but like he he was in he was as much effective in attack as he was in defence. You know what, what what he chipped in from play and the assists he got as well. Like in the forwards' then, Shasham scored eight eighteen, scored eight seventeen of that from play. He was obviously a yeah. standout out guy, but I mean we were still they were still putting up big scores, but. It's because of the, the Patrick Horgan scoring in 3-10. It's because of the TJ Reeds being unbelievable in every game. Maybe that's why we don't get a Bubbles or a Jason Ford in, Willie, if that makes sense. like I mean, yeah, Because yeah. these guys have been so good. you know. And I mean, Wexford, were always, they were always going to get a few in. I think this is Wexford's most since they actually won the Ireland in 1996. And it's their first All-Star since 2004. So, you know, they, they obviously had top individual performances as well. So, like, I take Sherlock nans point... But I think just because of the outstandingness of TJ and Pat Horgan, um, I just think that maybe we we might have had a bubble's RJ Jason Ford in the forward line as, as well for me. Like,
2: yeah, he's ta- Yeah, you're right. He's talking about a collective when these are individual awards. You couldn't argue with Dermot Key or Lee Chin. Anyways, they're oh, two no, bankers. Not at all, they're, no. they're bankers. Yeah, yeah. You'd you'd almost argue that Wexford maybe might have deserve um, one more, maybe maybe even two might more. Have,
1: and yeah, for me, and for me, that that one more probably would be Liam Ryan. I thought he was outstanding a full-back yeah.
2: for, that, for that point alone against Tipperary I would have given it to him yeah yeah yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> yeah yeah exactly he
2: didn't know what was going on he's saying nearly a horseback running about to field so. Camille I, I joked with Jamie Canlan the morning after the All-Ireland that surely you've player of the year wrapped up this time surely he does right <laughs> we're not going to we're not going to see a big surprise here, I think Noel McGrath not being shortlisted is, well it's absolutely going to help Shamey. it's not a matter of opinion that's a yeah. fact because the vote won't be split on Tipperary, he deserves it this year let's be honest, not, and it's not a sentimental one like maybe Cluxton in the football might get this year over Con O'Callaghan Shamey deserves it Deserves it because he deserves it
1: Yeah absolutely and like that's it's it's the player of the year and Shamey has been the player of the year, I mean like as you said he scored 8-18 8-17 if it came from play he's been outstanding like you know I mean and just from talking to lads in around in around the camp or lads involved he is a leader like in every facet of his game both on and off the pitch he's so professional you can see the condition he was in this year the way he carried himself when 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 like, you know when the expectation was highest Shamey really did deliver this year like and like I, I'd i be very good friends with Shamey, and I know for a fact because I got it as well and he got it and we all got it like there was a lot of bad days But Shaney got it Maybe more than other lads And <laughs> I'm just so happy For him on an individual basis Because Like he 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 deserves this He works very hard And um, He is the player of the year Who's close second You know Noel is obviously very close I thought TJ was outstanding I mean Go down through the Who scored the most In one game Throughout the year Like Hoggy scored 3 He's top But in second Third and fourth place Is TJ He yeah. scored 2-12 in and 2-11 against Galway 1-12 in Like you know TJ was outstanding I, I, I had the pleasure Of seeing him and meeting him the, uh, Sunday there down at Kilkenny County Final and he just, while he didn't score for play, he, he's, just, he's just a joy to watch. But, you know, I just think the consistency of the three guys that's been nominated as well is brilliant. They're all picking up their fourth all-star. It's not as if it's, it's a fluke, Wooly. Really. Like, it's not as if these guys have just had one great year. Like, the three guys nominated, they've been brilliant for the last decade. And, but, but Shaney is, without doubt, the hurlered year. If, if, if his name isn't called out, uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I think I maybe maybe he should just walk off. The stage. I don't know what he should do, but that's not him either. But I mean, look for me, it has to be. It's, it's a given. It's that, that 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 it's changed this year with Agent yeah. with Mullen with Agent Mullen coming in as young as young a young player of the year. Then
2: you know when like I mean you talk a lot of players, especially current players. oh, look these awards aren't important. You know the most important thing is winning the All Ireland. That's probably true to a certain point. But I remember growing up playing football. Winning an All Star was always a target of mine. Like I never got close to it, but it still was in my head. It'd be it'd be great to win win one of them. Like how important is it? Well, what is it to you to be in that gang? Like you you have two, and I suppose even a year where you would have been left out and thought you would have got it. Like how, how disappointed would you have been?
1: Oh, look, there's no point in saying that, Nelson. And I suppose let's let's find it hard to say when they're in there. Like you know you know the the, the party line tomorrow night will be that look it's that's important that the team won and everything and it is a course I mean in 30 years time I could ask you who won Dall Ireland and you'll be able to tell me it was Tipperary you'll struggle to name the all-star team though. Yeah. but you know I mean for on an individual basis, for what you put in like personally to, to all you give up like to get an all-star that's, that's the biggest individual thing you can get and to be of the year then is just the the icing on top of the cake like I mean it's it's a great it's a great honour like I mean I remember like even I got nominated in 2006. And I tell you, look, I, I was up to the, it was on the City West at the time, and I met Henry Shefflin in the lift. And I swear to God, I was starstruck. <laughs> and I didn't know what to say. This was my first time meeting Henry in the flesh. And he just said, well, Shane. And I, I, I was just delighted that night that Henry Shefflin knew who I was. But then when I was up there and the night was going on, I was like, I actually want to win one of these things now. And then I was lucky enough to, to get nominated a few times and to win a couple. But I remember in oh nine 9 then, I, I didn't win one, and I thought I had a good year, and you know, you are. You know that like, that does hurt you as well. Like when maybe you feel so. I'm sure those guys who didn't get in, like they they are hurting. There's no point in saying that. else
2: like did, you know, regardless, did, of did you head with the team? Sorry, the, the, in 2009, when you thought you had a chance, did you find out that night, or were you? Did, were, was it the hurling year no, where you find I, out the day before? I,
1: I, no, no, no. Like uh, 2009, they were called. I know nine. Um, they were named during the week, so I knew during the week. But okay, it, that's, know, easier, it'll, it'll, that's easier. That's easier. Yeah, presume. it is. You know what? It is because you're going up and you you, you know what yours, and you know what when when you're getting to a final. We got to the final last year. There was there was a good gang of Tip Lads up there, and you have a great night anyway. And like you know, you're you're kind of over this point. But I find when you don't know and you're finding out on the night. Hey, look, we're all human. Like at the end of the day, I mean, I'm a, i I'm a primary school teacher. If 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 I call one of the lads up and I tell them, oh look you didn't win the, the tables competition this week. He's, he's devastated by that. I'd say sitting
2: there on the night as it's coming towards the midfield, your heart your heart is racing, is it?
1: Uh, do you know what, Willie? It's actually funny. If you look where the lads are sitting on the night and, you know, the football ones will be, will be called out. Now, to pick the already if you are called out. You can nearly judge who's going to get them based on where they're sitting. Because right. the lads, they're, they're, they're never going to put a lad right in the middle of the row have to get <laughs> out seven lads to okay. walk up the stage. It's usually the guy on the outside is getting it, so... Might be something to keep an eye out for tomorrow night. Oh, I will. I'll no, keep an
2: I, eye out for that, yeah.
1: <laughs> you know, the, seat, the seating arrangement of the, of the, of the All-Stars. But right, so, look, so the writing's is, on the wall. It is. I think it is, wherever they're sitting. But look, it's tough when you don't get one. When you do get one, ah, oh, it's brilliant. I mean, especially, like, you're, 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 you maybe go back to, you might be from a parish of five or 600 people, and you're an All-Star. Like, I mean, yeah, you yeah. bring back that All-Star, and you think about it, someone who's 80 or 90 years of age can physically, like, you know, hold that All-Star... Or, you know, get to hold of Lee McCarthy. So that's unbelievable as well, Wooly. Like what yeah. what, it, what it means to those to those people. Like, ah,
2: look, it, look. I'm glad you said that, Shane, because it is bloody massive, and it should be said. It's, oh, it, 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 sh- it should yeah. be, it should be should be people should appreciate what winning an All Star that don't uh, understand. Like I don't understand. I can only imagine, but it's a huge honour, and anyone that plays well, Willie, that down you, is not like, being you know, honest.
1: No, it's not like. And you said, Wooly, when you're growing up, you you you'll you'll the young lad will look at the All Star tomorrow night, and they'll in, on Saturday morning they'll go out and go. Jamie Callen or Patrick Oregon, that's who, they, that's who their heroes are. It, no matter what part of the, the, the country they're from, the All-Stars are their heroes for that year. And they'll always be remembered as that. You know, and like what it, what, what it means to your family and all these people, like wherever you go or whatever you do for the rest of your life, then people can say, oh, he's an All-Star or, or she's an All-Star. Or, he, he, you know, he, you know, you you are a hero to someone. I mean, like I take it, there's a guy called Mackie McKenna. He won three Ireland with tick. And I remember when I won the All-Star, like in 2008, like he came up, tears in his eyes to say, "Oh my God, so proud of you! You're you're one of my heroes." And I was going, "Whoa, this guy! Like this guy has won All Ireland! Like, yeah." And you know, this is this is what it means to, I suppose, your people from your club and all that. So, I I, I don't buy this thing of, "Oh, look, it's nice to win one." Do you know what? It's absolutely unbelievable to win one, and yeah. it's a great achievement, and it's something you'll take to your grave with you yeah. until the day you die. You'll be an All Star. Like. So, yeah. I think they're I think they're brilliant. It's, it's a great recognition of. Everything you put in
2: Willie. Really like. Yeah, I will completely agree with you. Kamira, want to get your thoughts quickly on this Tipperary um, County yeah. final. Not a County final that would blow a neutral, um, no. like me, mine's imagination. No Turles Varsars, Sarsfields, no Tumi no Nina kind of teams I would know no. there. Tell us about Boris Aliye and Kiladangan, Kila especially. I know a bit about Boris Lee with well, Brendan Maher and, and Paddy Stapleton and Dan McCormick. Kiladangan, yeah. Kila, Kila I didn't really hear of before this year.
1: I'll, I'll tell you about Kiladangan, right? I mean, talk about having a culture in a club, right? In 2004, and um, Kiladangan were intermediate, okay? So, they won the All-Ireland that the best Richie Powers club, Carrick Shock, um, in the All-Ireland club final, intermediate. Unbelievable game. Since then, right, they have gone on, right? They now have, their, inter- their second team is intermediate now. They are in the county final on Saturday and their first team is senior and they are in the county final on Sunday. Go oh, ahead. Yeah. So, that's, that's where this club have come in the last 14, 15 years. And the culture they have down there is unbelievable. The the, the first thing in Kildangan is is the GAA, and the, the way their club has evolved over the years is unbelievable. The the people they got in, the, everybody is just driven towards the GAA, and it's they're they're a really close parish. Not not a huge place, it's on the outskirts of Nina there, but everybody is just GAA mad down there. And you know they've like in Tip, I suppose it's very confusing. The divisions are still a big thing in Tip Woolley. Yeah. And you know if you win a North Senior title, it's big. And you know. Killedangan have they've won uh one, two, three, four, five of those since two thousand and eight. I mean, like if they've 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 really dominated the North. You know, they, they've they've right. become and, the Tumivara of North Tip right. right. in recent years.
2: They actually beat Boris Lee in the final this year of that North Tip,
1: right? Yeah, they did now. They did and, and, and they bet him, you know, fairly substantially as well. So they'll they'll right. they'll be hot favourites going in and rightly so. Boris Ali, they they bet Drummond Inch in the quarter final, they bet Killer One the last day. and uh, Killer One would Jerome their own it would have been a massive loss to them. Um the Conor Kenny has been immense from he scored seven points from playing the semi-final but you know, Killadangan have a guy called James Quigley and he'll probably man mark Connor Kenny, did a massive job in him in that north final. Um but Killadangan, like they've they've a serious team. I mean, they, they had the luxury of substituting Billy Seymour the last day, who got under who got man of the match in the twenty all Ireland final this year. And they brought on a guy called Sean Hayes, and this guy is going to be some talent. So they, they have they have serious players all over the field, Alan Flynn in defence, David Sweeney in defence. Paul Flynn up front, Ty Gallagher, they have Willie Connors. Willie Connors came on and scored two points from play in the All-Ireland Final for Tipperary yeah. the Senior Final this year. He, he lurks about midfield. He's an unbelievable link player. They're just very balanced and you know what they have? They have a serious goalkeeper in Barry Hogan who was is, who is sub-goalkeeper for Tipperary this year in the Senior as well and to have it, as you know, Willie, to have a really good goalie at club level, be a footballer Hurland who you know is going to make a big save but can also ping a puck out or ping a kick out when the pressure is highest that's, that's a massive advantage. Like, Boris have very strong Paddy Stain full-back, um, Brendan centre-back, Ray McCormack, Dan they've Kieran Maher and, and um, JD, as they call him, James Fanny up front. You know, they're they're very strong and then Conor Kinney and his brother Niall, but I just feel Killadangan like, this is this is the best club team Killadangan have ever had.
2: Right. And so I just feel it. they're
1: very strong and, and you know what? Don't be surprised if they go on and get to Munster club final because they'll be playing the Glen and you know the they are they're a good team, but let's be honest, you know, a lot goes through huggy and they'll have three, they, they could have three or four guys that could try and tie down huggy And and while the celebrations would be unreal, whichever club win it, because Killadangan are going for their first ever, and Boris Lear kind of win it first time since '87, they'll, they'd, you know, I, I still fancy that um, that if could come through the counter final, that they could. Beat the lane and you know during during the Munster club final, then and you know that's all on the day too. Like.
2: Yeah, it's an incredible. Show. Darry Egan, I was told, did a, did a lot of work at underage with yeah. the club. He's obviously on the Tipperary backroom team this year. Obviously, seems to have a bit about him, but he's been yeah. given cre- credit for you know helping out a lot at underage there.
1: Ph- phenomenal guy. He's principal at the primary school down there as well. Right. Um, so and I I'm actually principal at the school at home. So the two of us are on the phone every other day, at each other chatting about GA and principal stuff. But he's unbelievable he, himself. There's another guy, Ian and Kelly there, Dave they really have driven the club to, to new levels. Like They've, they've loads of the club people down there, but Dara is unreal. He, the coaching he does underage, as I said, he's in the school there, you know, they're they're, they're hurling mad down there, but he's, he's actually in goals for the Intermediate on Saturday. Right. So, you know, it'll be, you know, and he'll be involved with the seniors on Sunday in some capacity because the manager, Brian Lawler, would hold Dara in, in, in huge appreciation of his kind of tactical knowledge and that, that's evident there, Liam Sheedy, getting him involved this year. I mean, Dara is very, very tactically astute. Like he, he can see a thing from the field. So he'll be playing in goals for the intermediate Saturday and he'll be involved in some capacity with with the seniors on Sunday. So a busy a busy weekend down in uh, down in the parish Killadangan, this, this weekend. Sort of.
2: Jeez, yeah, the party could be big time in Killadangan, wherever they wherever they drink. Come here, thanks very much for that, Shane. I presume you're going for Killadangan by the sounds of your fancy your, your fancy. Yeah, game to yeah,
1: really yeah. No, yeah. I think I think I think um Barron, upstairs, yeah, Killadangan to be county champion oh.
2: yeah. All right, brilliant stuff, Shane. Right, we'll be back and we'll look through all the rest of the club games at the weekend.
4: After the match with uh, you know with Marty Morrison and the Marty Squad, and you know the big the big thing for me yesterday, with yeah, hair versus ha- goal ha- was.
2: Hang on, hang on, did you ask permission to do the Marty Squad
4: there? Well, uh, well, right? well I well I didn't I didn't, but I, I was only a special guest. Last Thursday, you asked me the same question where I started bubbles, and I said yes on the Marty Squad. Says yes, I would have started the bubbles for that game
3: yesterday.
4: That was the first I heard of Johnny King coming back with the Galway Squad. You know, I was asked this in the Marty Squad.
2: Here, Damien, are you getting paid for Marty Squad plugs on our show here?
4: <laughs> That's true. No, I do, I do, I, I do that completely voluntary. He hits it. He
0: hits it.
4: Move away from the mess in there, lads, right? We have
2: a serious show to do here, right? All right, so Paddy Power Predictions, Conan. So we're starting off on Saturday. This is on BBC Live, 7 o'clock. This is in the Athletic Athletic Grounds in Cross McGlen. Athletic Grounds, Cross McGlen? It is their ground, isn't it? No, that's that's the county grounds. That's the county grounds, yeah. So Athletic Grounds is the Armagh County Grounds. So this is Cross McGlenn versus Clontibret. Obviously, the big talking point in this one is John McEntee is managing Um He won five, all-Irelands, all of 14 ta- county titles um, with Cross McLen. He'll know all about them. Whether he knows enough about them to stop them, it's hard to know. Cross McGlenn are 1-3 to three here. Clontibret are 3-1 to one outsiders. You can only see Cross McGlenn win here. Although Cross McGlenn were beaten well by Guido,
3: you know, yeah. last year in the, in the semifinal. And it's it's hard to relate to John McIntyre factor as well, like, yeah, knowing him inside out, but obviously a good manager, like, I think we all backed Scotstown to be Clint and Yeah. And, like, you know, Scotstown were going for five in a row, so we've done well there. And, and they hammered Scotstown, really. Yeah, and, like, yeah, they went nine up at one stage, I heard, and, like, the, the Gaelic life, I saw an interview with John McIntyre, and he just said, like, my job's to win this match, you know, which is great. Like we've seen examples of managers taking a step back when they're playing their own club team and stuff. Yeah. But he's just going in there to try and put them out. Yeah. So Usheen O'Neill was, was uh, interviewed during the week.
2: And uh, so as remember, Stevie O'Neill had talked usheen O'Neill up so much. Steve, McDonald, yeah. Steve McDonald. had. And Usheen O'Neill, the game we saw him in, he wasn't good in. And we're like, ah, you're talking nonsense <laughs> about this usheen O'Neill. But usheen O'Neill then got injured this year so he made his debut last year wasn't overly impressive if we're being honest big huge fella um you know first year is always difficult Mm -hmm. like I mean it's not many players that young come in and start imposing themselves that much Rian did it in fairness then he was injured this year um so, like, I mean, he didn't get a chance to show off, but he's really doing it at club level. Like, I mean, he's their main man. Um, he plays most of his football, I'm pretty sure, in midfield. But he's talking about Cross and we know all this about Cross He says, there's no other sport. There's no rugby, soccer. We don't have a swimming pool. We don't have anything else. If you're going to play a sport, you're going to play Gaelic football, and you're going down to the football field. How does anyone stand a chance? Gosh. So, like, some of the rival clubs should just go in and build some facilities, like a <laughs> rugby pitch or something, and try and... But, like, I mean, he was talking then... Um, he was talking and showing a lot of maturity. He was talking about his year with Armagh and he was talking personally, it's, it was a frustrating season, but I could fully understand why Kieran and Jim McCrory and the rest of the Armagh management didn't probably trust me enough to put me in. Yeah. You know they I like, mean? I mean, I think he's a nephew of Ushery McConville. They're, they're, they're smart fellas, the two O'Neill brothers.
3: Yeah, I was actually, um, I was thinking about this Cross McGlenn generation and wondering what their mentality is, because um, the BBC did a documentary on Cross McGlenn before called The Field. Yeah. and Ashley McConville was talking about you know the the British occupation there and and how like he loved going to training, walking past the the army barracks, and just saying fuck you, we're going to win in an all Ireland anyway. And you're like, yeah, this class is ingrained in them, like you know, it's almost a two fingers up. That's why they're playing. That's why they're getting so good. But then i was wondering how like how does that affect the next generation? But. Oshin's like interview there it's like it's not passed down as a British sort of rebellion thing it's just like this is all we do here Yeah, you know and this is what we've always done and it's just you go down and play football if you want to have a social life and That's it. it's incredible something
2: <laughs> to do in the village and uh, I saw Charlie Vernon who retired from Armagh during the week he was saying that the two O'Neill's and young McConville yeah, came, came yeah. McConville, are the future for Armagh so that'll tell you what that full for. and I remember like Jamie Clark's playing in London <laughs> they don't even have Jamie Clark you know, so it's it's easy. If they had Jamie Clark maybe Ryan could go play more out centre forward and then they're looking a whole lot more menacing. But sure Jamie kind of comes and goes with Cross McGlenn,
3: I think. Yeah, they're I suppose they're, they're used to it now at this stage. As so well.
2: who who are we going for here? Cross McGlenn?
3: I think so. We I think it'll be tight, but I'm gonna go with Cross McGlenn. Yeah,
2: okay, so the Connacht Club uh, quarterfinals are on as well. So the first one here is Torres Strain, Sligo plays Porry Pierces. Park Pierces, as we know, won their first ever Roscommon title. So it depends how mad they they kind of went. Pat Flanagan, who's their manager, former Offaly manager, were expecting a very difficult game. We're coming into the contest with absolutely no experience of playing in the Connacht Club Championship, whereas our opponents have a huge experience to call and a tourist Strain have a huge experience. Not always good experience. I loved what. The All Blacks manager said about the Ireland players, about Ireland being experienced. And he's like, well, in World Cups, their experience is not good experience. They're experienced <laughs> losing. Yeah. So why are you telling, like, I would prefer to have no experience than experience of losing. Yeah. Like, it was perfect sense. Like, experience has to be good experience. <laughs> or else what's the point of experience? That sometimes experience of older players who are used to losing drag the young fellas who are not Mm. like that down. Do you know what I mean? So experience can, you think that these lads are supposed to be leaders. I remember when we came up with Leash, with Leash Miners, you would almost be dragged down by their experiences of losing rather than be lifted up yeah. by their.
3: You get me? Like, it's a weird one. And they're like, yeah, they're not in a headspace where they're going to win the game. They're expecting the worst sort of That's thing. That's it. Like, yeah.
2: That's it. So you nearly need to fight against their experiences <laughs> as a young player.
3: <laughs> like, you've been, been around the block a few times, but you got punched every time you went around the block. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But this is the thing. But in fairness to
2: Torres Strain, the, the betting's close enough in this. It's 7-4, to Torrell Strain, according to Paddy Power. Park Pierce's is at 8-13. This is based on the fact that Torres Strain lost to Ballantubber last year only by 6-5 very defensive game and they did pretty well against them Mm. and you know they play Pauric Pierce's who obviously would have celebrated a lot the county final and you know you wonder an Ulster club, a uh, Connacht club probably wasn't high in their list of priorities at the start of the year. Turtle strain would have been thinking, we want to get into the Connacht club, you know. So maybe that there are different mind spaces, but um, you'd still have to fancy Powerick Pierce's in this one.
3: Yeah, I can't, I can't go against uh, Hubert Darcy ever since he burst onto the scene this year for Ash Commons, become one, one of my, my favourite yeah. players. Yeah, it's so. just the name, is it? Yeah, it's the name, but he's also just a big... Like loaf, like you know, just so awkward but so talented. But did, you, are you describing yourself a bit awkward?
2: He's a he's a he's a working half <laughs> yeah. forward. Maybe you just see a bit of yourself in he's him. He's
3: a lot right? more skillful
2: than I am, though. In fairness, so. <laughs> all right. So um are playing Glen Carriman or Hamilton. are one to eight. Glenn Carriman or Hamilton are eleven to two. Uh, Ballantuber have been here. And they have done that, and they—they uh, they, I don't think they've won a kind of club, but they've been in finals and they've got there. So you'd—you'd you'd fancy have to fancy them to win that one.
3: Yeah, I did look through the Glencar Manalhaman uh, team though, and like Evan Sweeney was class against Derry for Leitrim at Croke Park, so he stood out straight away. Paddy Maguire he used to play for St Bridgets in Dublin, and in he was playing kind of fullback for Leitrim, I think. But he's a um, real sort of skillful player, and he just marauds up the pitch. And they have like James Glancy, who's like a Leitrim legend, so they have a bit of firepower about them, but. I can see past Ballantybber It's unfortunately. hard to look past Yeah, yeah. So the Ulster Club quarterfinals: Castle
2: Rahan Versus Nave Connell So there's only one winner here uh, There's no point in saying anything else Is there? Like Castle Rahan, As Key and Mackey told us On the Monday Are not going as crazy As they did last year They went crazy last year And They performed very well Against the Derry champions Is it Owen Rua? Was it? Or last was it? year Last yeah. year Yeah, yeah. Um, this year they're not going crazy Keane could actually take a call on the show here on the Monday <laughs> after going around to school he's a changed man so if that's anything to read into that he's saying that they want to actually you know do themselves justice you've naive Connell let's be honest like Jesus think of what they've come through here they they can't and I don't think they should when you look at it and you look at the science of a a, a, a really difficult battle another really difficult battle with extra time in a replay and then another replay. Even if they didn't drink a pint, they, they don't have a chance physically against a fresh team who were yeah. a solid team. Never mind going for a few pints last night. I think they should go for pints today, enjoy the county final and just go, look, it's not our fault this year. It's just three replays made it impossible for us. Yeah, and like, like Go the- out on Saturday, try to win the game, but like, don't let that impede your celebrations. Of
3: course, yeah. It's just really tough for the management team who you wouldn't have done any analysis and then like you know they'll, they'll try and squash it in now but then there's no time to work on a game plan or like, barely even talk to the team and they won't know what game plan to work because they can't do it in training. Yeah. So it's it's they're really, really up against it. Obviously physically as well. I'm sure they did celebrate last night. but um, I, I sort of like... The, the, I wonder just how Will Castle-Rahan set up against like, Neve Connell because... I sort like we're talking with Brendan, and it is annoying watching these games, these eight, seven matches. But I almost blame the attacking coaches, like you're telling them, don't, don't go into that zone because there's too many bodies there. Like a lot of the bodies are just there in the way. See, one thing it is very hard at this time of the year on these pitches, like
2: in Croke Park with a, a hard ground, you can skip past. You know, get, this time of the year is really a defender's time of the year. We know that. That was when I was playing in the nineties. It was always a defender's yeah. time. Of the year. Never mind being scrubbed by two players. You can't bring the ball into contact. It's impossible. I can I see know. why they're a little bit cagey. Book and yeah, you just
3: need to move them around somehow, though. Like you can't yeah. like the Derry final was the same. It was um, Glenn were were just passing around the outside as if they were seven points up. And I was like, you, like yes, like they're not. They don't have the ball and they're not scoring. But like you need to score as well. And, yeah, and you need to do like. And again, I know it's easier in Crew Park, but. You know, Dublin they do engage and they get back out straight away, and you know they try to move people around, and it works. You have to try and do that. Yeah, as tough as it is. Yeah, so. no, I completely agree. Where you go for? Are you going to go for Caserat, or do you think well, Nave Connell will probably go extremely defensive? And I wouldn't blame them for it. Yeah, I like. I actually think they could just drag this into a real dogfight, and they'll be in it in the last ten minutes. I'm nearly going to go with Niamh Connell. Jesus, okay. Yeah. Alright, I'll go for Castle Rahan in that
2: one I won't be getting any brownie points with the uh, Nave Connell lads <laughs> <they> don't like <laughs> me any anymore. Anyway. Anyways. Um, it's amazing how personally you take it. Like, I mean, I remember before a Club All-Ireland with Leash, Martin McHugh wrote a piece in The Star and some of our lads had bet on us to win Leinster when we're still in uh, Leash and they got a great price and it got like maybe 20 to 1 now we wouldn't have been going mad on it or anything like that but we're in Leash it's a, it's, it was a bet to put 10, 20 on it but we got by the time we got to the Leinster final these lads were standing to win you know what I mean a few quid and it got out that we had been betting on ourselves but we were betting on ourselves harmlessly at the start of yeah. the year we hadn't won a county title in two or three years and we just, someone in the panel said, geez, we're a great price to win Leinster. We new management team, whatever. But anyways, he wrote the morning of the All-Ireland and I read it on the way up in the bus and it really pissed me off that Portleash it's not the type, they're betting on themselves and it's not the type of stuff that you want. If I had got my hands on him, I would have, you know what I mean? Yeah. Obviously you get over that pretty quickly. Like, I mean, but anyways, it's amazing. The minute you hear something negative about your
3: club yeah. that you're involved in, you're out for them.
2: Yeah. You're going to get them. So hold- I better not go up near
3: Glentons for saying that to her. <laughs> terrible. <laughs> you hold it. I told you the story before, didn't I? Of the the article we had in her dressing room wall in Derry and dairy and. I had written the article but I put the other journalist's name on it it was just a preview for the championship and it was just uh, loops forward are better than And but I put your man's name on it and then our manager came and saw it he put it in the changing room wall and he's like that's what he thinks of us and I was reading it going that's me I <laughs> wrote all this but um, yeah
2: so uh, I'm the team up <laughs> yeah geez, that's a great trick yeah you should maybe get a journalist but like, if you need that stuff but anyways we're not going to get into that chat we want to move on to Kilku versus Matt Felt Kilku 8 to 15 favourites Matt Raffelt, 2 to 1 um there's another example. I asked Danny Heverin to come on the show and I just got a no thanks and then I thought back to me lynching their club yeah. about the way they lined up against Slock Nail. And again, I'd say Danny Heverin just went, F you yeah. buddy. You know, maybe yeah. he no, maybe I'm reading too much and we never even saw that criticism. Maybe some of the players did. No, I
3: heard some of that criticism, yeah. Did you <laughs> yeah. that we
2: were criticizing that was Matt Rafelt? Um Kilkou obviously have Mickey Moran um as a manager this year. And um like I mean he will know Mahara felt inside out. We know he's a great club manager, and you'd have to fancy Kilku here. You imagine Mahara felt will might maybe gone a little bit mad on that. They're two to one. Would you? Fan- what do you think here? You know more about this to me.
3: Yeah, like they were they were impressive against Glen. Like they're pretty defensive. Jared Monaghan was um, midfield, but he just played the uh, Colin Cavanaugh role. He just <laughs> went back and sat in front of the posts, even though what he was there. Um, they played with one inside but that, that sort of rotated every time Emma McGuckham went in he won the ball and scored but he only did it three times you know he was playing out around the middle um, the thing that impressed me most about Maher I felt was the their way they were set up for kickouts like they completely dominated Glenn I think Glenn might have won one of their own kickouts in the first half or something just swallowed them up um, so I don't know exactly what they were doing just watching it from the stands but it was very impressive so it would be interesting to see what they bring to the table for Kilku obviously Adrian Cush who we have criticised is well tuned in in that sort of field when he's looking at kickouts and stuff so It'll be interesting, but I, I have to fancy Kilku and like I can't bet against Mickey Mourne.
2: Yeah, I hate to I hate to talk up defensive systems, but at this time of the year, if you're an <laughs> outsider and you want to bring the game into the last 10 minutes, do you know, it is that kind of mucky owl weather where it, it, you probably do get a little bit of joy out of it. I feel dirty after saying that. <laughs> um, all right, I'll
3: go for Kilku there. Are you going to f- go for Raffelt as a local uh, bit of bias? I might go with Kilku. I'm very happy that I back Raffelt, the underdogs, in, in the Derry final, but... I'm going to go with Kilku just to shade it. Okay, Derry Gonley, who beat Carrigan. I got that one right, Conan. Do you
2: remember that one? i yeah. um, like to uh, point that one out. They play Trillick. They're not going to win this one. They're 10-3 to 3 outsiders and Trillick are 2-7. to 7. We know who Trillick have. The, the Donnellys, the Rory Brennan, Lee Brennan. They're not brothers, are they, Rory and Lee Brennan? Yeah. They are brothers mm-hmm. as well. All right, okay. Um, I didn't know that. So Ryan Jones um, from Derry Gonley is pretty much calling a spade a spade he says we're delighted to get over Carrigan but let's call a spade a spade here Trillick are going to be a serious step up for us because at the end of the day there's great experience ingrained in their team and he talked about their experience of all our finals and different stuff four players at that level is a lot and we know Trillick have more to their bow than just the four lads um, and maybe uh, again I keep kind of coming back to this analysis their first county title in a long time is one thing now they want to maybe push on and uh, do well in in the Ulster Championship So I'm going for Trillic here
3: Yeah if you look at it um, Donegal, Derry, Tyrone, Down and Monaghan They all have new champions this year right, So yeah, Ulster so. is wide open Yeah wide open Trillic might be sensing that And, and g- then the big bad Wolf Cross McGlenn is still in there <laughs> No, no. <laughs> not Trillic right.
2: for me yet. Okay so the Galway final replay Currafin, Toome stars Currafin are 1-7 to seven. So the betting hasn't changed um, From the first one Toome uh, stars are five to one. I nearly got this prediction right too. I was, I was singing this one. That uh, was great. Uh, the carafin needed two late points in injury time. Uh, Gary Sice to 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 draw this one up. Thought stars might have uh, um, been able to cause a shock. Probably won't in the replay now because, you know, Carafin w- will probably learn a lot more from it. And the favourites usually... Usually win replays, but Tommy Carton. Yeah, what, <laughs> what happened to all the stuff you were saying, Tommy Carton,
3: the last time they won it? Uh, the
2: element of surprise is gone now, you <sighs> see. her are well, are well wise to them now. I thought that on that day and the tradition and all, I I, I still think all that tradition will still work. But the element of hitting Curafin kind of when they're maybe, I don't know, not tuned in. There's no. No, no better way to tune in the favourites than to than to rattle them like
3: that maybe. I wrote these two teams down and the only thing I wrote underneath was Tommy Carton. <laughs> so I'm like, you know, colours like up to the wall, I'm going, with, I'm going with team stars.
2: You're going to, we're both swapping over yeah. there. Oh God <laughs> almighty. You so. convinced me too
3: late. <laughs> All right, okay. The Dublin
2: final, Ballyboden St. Endes versus Thomas Davis. We've talked a bit about Thomas Davis. Hard to look past the Ballyboden, uh, a Ballyboden win here. Even Ballyboden aren't a club team to kind of blow me away or anything. Like the Bascals are flying it. Conal Keane missed the last one he injured himself in the in the quarterfinal but I don't know they're they're a very good hard working club team rather than the kind of incredibly talented team that maybe some of the others are is that would that be fair
3: yeah did you see Colin Baskill go in the semi final the way they turned it over though there was like six six guys yeah. chasing two two players and the they eventually got that's what they do in that middle zone they're all huge and they're all just manic yeah and like they just you and teams just get terrified and panic um that's that's sort of the most impressive thing about them, and then obviously the Bascales I just wonder if they were from any other county outside Dublin, would they be like you know starring for those other counties the way they're going? Yeah, they to would, yeah. yeah. Colin would, anyway Yeah, I think Colin definitely would. I think there's a bit of Mayo in them as well, like, you know. So yeah, a bit of a shame Mayo weren't in. Well,
2: <laughs> that's it. I think we mentioned that before, but look, listen, we you could do a show on Dublin players that would make any other county team because there's loads of Sure. Look, at Connor Cox. Like, I mean. Mm. The reality is, he wasn't a big player down in Kerry, and you go to another county, and now you become the main man. And these lads are incredibly talented, yeah. you know. So they absolutely would. The Tipperary final, we've talked about that with uh, Shane McGrath. Um, then we have some Leinster Club quarterfinals. Nothing major in this. they look like two one-sided games. Clonkill are one to ten against Ballyhill Shamrocks, um, and St Mullins are nine to two outsiders. cooler, are one to six uh, favorites. So the, the great thing about the Leinster Club hurling is that Ballyhill, Shamrocks and Kula are separated until the Leinster final. Yeah. Which is, that's just going to be a heavyweight clash that I'm going to go to watch it because yeah. it's just too brilliant. These are super close. Ballyhill, all of a sudden, the Pearson and Cooler were the two super close. Ballyhill have moved into that super club at the moment level with Kula. That's going to be brilliant. I saw a classic line with Sean Moran He's talking about St. Mullins. And St. Mullins, obviously a great club, beat Mount Leinster Rangers and they have Marty Kavanaugh and he was saying, I remember playing St. Mullins down in Carlow three years ago. It stands out because it was a foggy day. We had a really tough game against them and we were fortunate to get through. And I was thinking to myself, "Geez, I don't remember St. Mullins putting it up to cool and And I went back into the 2016 Leinster club hurling final. They beat them 119 to seven like you think with oh. Sean, <laughs> Sean Moore straight out of the Jim Gavin school of let's uh, talk up the opposition I couldn't believe it so I looked at this I, I looked at this on Wikipedia and I went that has to be that, that can't be right it must have been 119 to 170 yeah. and so I went looking for reports it was 119 to seven, and Sean Moore says we're looking to get through that <laughs> God's sake so yeah so look we'll, we'll fancy the two favourites in that one then we've sent uh, we've rat down the Errol against St. Reines that's probably the 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 uh, I think it's a closer game than two to one, one to two. Um, the Offaly champions aren't what they used to be. Um, I'll go for a Rhett Downey Earl um, in this one in a more park home advantage. But like I mean, you know, Rhiners are are rightly favourites, but I don't think one to two favourites. Yeah, well just back to favourites, I'm gonna go with Rhinos. Okay. Right. Munster Club hurling quarterfinal, uh, quarter final, six mile bridge then versus Ballygunner. Gunner, six mile bridge, six to four outsiders, Ballygunner, four to six. We know Ballygunner are defending champions they were the nearly men for a good few years before that Six Mile Bridge have won it three times and lost last final 2013 uh, Desi Hutchinson obviously is adding an extra element to the Ballygunner um, attack he's back from playing soccer in England we're going to talk to him on the show uh, pretty soon um, I go on, I'm going to go for a shock in this one Six Mile Bridge home uh, win
3: Yeah like I, I was sort of thinking about the momentum that they have coming into it as well but Ballygunner I just think it's, it's we sort of use these analogies a lot anyway but I think they're just thinking about the Monster championship from the off so I'm going to go with them yeah
2: okay right well that's it that's always time for um, we'll be back on Monday definitely doing a show this Monday don't worry about that and we'll talk to you then good luck
1: the GA Hour is sponsored by Paddy Power home of the GA Hour hurling ACA
3: Well when I started running I suppose I didn't stop and when I got the chance to go I said I'd stay going so I opened
1: up we are only the small little fish out there so we are on the we're trying hard to make it true, but it's hard to get the brakes when you're the smaller fish. Cause I love this county so much, you know,
3: and it's just I'm delighted that the lads, the lads did it for the people of Waterford today because, like, I, I'm heart, I'm heartbroken.